0: I think that I've never really had a good sense of self-worth. That I've never really, never really believed in myself, like fully, you know?
1: Welcome to the Tomination Time podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu, Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash TominationTime and leave your notifications on for when we go live. Welcome, uh, Zelda. What, what should I call you, by the way?
0: Yeah, Zelda's fine.
1: Okay. Welcome, Zelda. What do you uh, want to talk about today?
0: Um, Well, I think this was prompted because... Uh, you know, recently gained back all the weight that I lost from, uh, I guess, dieting and working out. I um, was kind of upset about it, demotivated, and kind of reached out to you and your community. And Forbearance mentioned a book called Intuitive Eating. So I've just been kind of diving into that and thinking that dieting hasn't been working, so maybe I just need to change my relationship with food.
1: How did it feel when you
2: regained the weight?
0: Uh, awful. <laughs> Can you help me understand uh, the awful? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, COVID hit. So that kind of like, you know, put me into like weird state of mind, anxiety, depression. I started to like to eat more. And as I gained weight, um, I don't know. I just felt worse. I felt guilty gaining weight. And like, I don't know, like now th- that I've gained it all back, I can just like feel it.
1: What did you, what did you feel guilty about?
0: Uh, Guilty that I had, I guess, you know, broken my diet my my weight loss I had like worked so hard to get down to like 127 and then I couldn't stop everything from coming back so I felt really guilty about failing myself I guess
1: that sounds like I get the sense of you almost felt powerless to stop it. yeah did do you resonate with that
0: yeah it did it felt like I couldn't do anything
1: it's like you're you're almost on like on autopilot and your body is this like these actions are happening and the the weights coming back and it's almost hopeless of that resonate with you
0: uh yeah definitely uh it felt hopeless and it felt like without the structure from like dieting so like you know i tried keto and their (laughs) rules and without those rules like i couldn't i couldn't stop eating or eating correctly, I guess.
2: So, it sounds like the structure and rules is really helpful for you.
0: It, Yeah, well, it was. It was to get me down to the 127 and it felt good. But I guess what I'm learning now through the intuitive eating book is that the restriction is what causes most people to bounce back after a diet Mm -hmm. is that you restrict so much that when you stop the diet, you just binge.
1: Ah, very good. Very good conclusions. But before we get to conclusions, (laughs) because the conclusions are good, uh, I want to hear more like raw data points about like your experience and and whatnot. So uh, I'm going to pivot a little bit and can you tell me what it was like growing up?
0: Uh... Yeah, what, what's, specifically?
1: Just whatever comes (laughs) to mind about about what what it was like, you know, defining moments, or, I shouldn't say defining moments, just, what comes to mind when I ask you, like, what was it like growing up? You know, family, that kind of stuff.
3: Um, it was...
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so... Growing up, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and uh, my family was very religious, Southern Baptist. Um, and there were a lot of rules in the house. There are a lot of rules to abide by. Um, and I don't know, like it's it's good because I had access to a lot of things. Like you know, my my mom definitely wanted me to have anything that I wanted. So I got like, you know, food, games, whatever, whenever I wanted it. Uh, but, you know, growing up in, in a Southern Baptist household and realizing that I might be gay, uh, didn't go too well, because that broke the rules, right? So um that was kind of a difficult part of growing up is like high school, college, kind of coming out and dealing with that. Um, but then that, can I ask you like,
1: something What yeah. did that feel like having what did that feel like having all of these strict rules on you and thinking that you might be breaking them?
0: Um What did it feel like? I mean, there's definitely a lot of guilt, right? felt very guilty like oh, I'm not supposed to feel this way I'm not supposed to do this so you just or at least for me I just kind of like had to like sit secretly with my guilt I guess that
2: you know, sounds, I can tell anybody that sounds so lonely
0: oh yeah like it's yeah and isolating and especially when you've surrounded yourself in a community that doesn't really accept it even more isolating and not really knowing where to go, you know, who to talk to.
1: Yeah. So, um, sorry, I interrupted you. You're, you're, uh, talking about after, I think you're, were you about to talk about after that, um, high school and stuff? Um,
0: I was going to talk about, you know, growing up and my relationship with food because, you know, I sort of see the pattern, that I was raised on in my, my nephew. My nephew currently lives with my mom and my stepdad. Uh, they're having to raise him at the moment. And I just see all these bad habits that I grew up with, he's having to go through as well. And it's just like, it sucks. Cause I don't think my mom ever taught me like a good relationship with food. It was like, eat when you feel like it. And, you know, we eat three times a day, but you can also like snack and, you know, it's just, and it, and it's not like good food. Like you're allowed to just like eat sweets. If you feel sad, you're allowed to eat sweets just when you're bored. And uh, I think I picked up a lot of that and I haven't really learned. That's what it is, is I haven't learned to like listen to when I'm actually hungry and when I'm actually full because growing up, it just seems like, you know, that you ignore all of that. You just eat when I tell you kind of thing, you know?
1: So when you're uh, growing up, you also had the habits of eating sweets when you were sad and eating
2: when you were bored.
0: Yeah.
3: How
1: how has that uh, changed or progressed over the years, especially since you left your uh, family when you weren't now, I'm assuming you don't live with them anymore. Right.
0: Right. Um, so (laughs) hasn't, some things haven't, haven't changed. One bad habit that I still do is like walk into the kitchen and just stare at all the food and think about what, what should I put in my mouth right now? What here can I just eat? Um, and, like, I I kind of hate that I learned that because I'm not hungry. I'm just going in there like, this could be fun. Um,
2: What's fun about and it? And
0: then it's eating? I don't know. Like, you know, obviously we get, like, a, a sensation when we eat food, a little dopamine hit, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to just, I you don't know, snack experiment, feel that little hit of... I don't know goodness
1: yeah so so one thing i want to zero in on is i i'm noticing a trend with the structures and the rules with yeah keto right doing keto you got the structure the restriction you can you know that environment you're familiar with having to suppress things to survive in that environment and i think there's a there's, there's a pattern here i was going to ask where did you learn that but I think we know where you learned that, which was growing up, you had to learn at a young age, you have to suppress something within you in order to pass the rules. And that was, uh, I, I suspect, a skill you learned, an adaptation. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, wow. Um, I hadn't thought about that before. But yeah, I can see how that would be, like you said, familiar to me the restriction, the suppression is. Yeah. Familiar, something that I learned.
1: Yeah. Because that that's a game you know how to play, right? You've yeah. played this game yeah. many times of there's clear rules for everyone to see. This is the game. We got to play it. Damn these emotions that I have inside of me. Damn my feelings. I don't care about those. We could stuff that into a box. We could stuff that into yeah. a trash can and just stick that into the corner. But Eventually, that trash can starts to overflow, then, oh, hell. Yeah. Hell breaks loose, right? Do you resonate yeah. with that? I do. Can you tell me about a time where... Uh, or can you help me understand how that resonates with you?
3: Um...
0: I mean, it just sounds like like a lot of th- things, you know, sometimes people, me, okay, uh, had to, like, repress some of my own, like, emotions in the way that I was feeling so as not to, I guess, upset the balance in the household, you know? And I can see how potentially, like, well, and then that, that never that never ends up Great, right? Because when you you keep squashing emotions and you just like repress them, repress them, eventually they're like you said they're just going to come out, and you know it's going to be even more unpleasant because like you said it's it's overflowing, and then you get like chastised even more for like you know exploding with your emotions, um and then yeah, go ahead.
1: No, 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 please. This, this is actually I should interrupt. Keep going. <laughs>
0: okay, I was going to say comparing that to like eating, you know, I mean. Everyone tells you, you know, don't don't suppress your emotions. You should feel your feelings, like, uh, and, and it makes sense, but you don't really think about that in regards to, like, eating, I suppose. Um, oh, I think I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. But, like,
3: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh,
0: but, yeah, I think that's just what I was going to say is, like, if you restrict, 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 you know, why wouldn't you assume that, eventually it's going to come out and like you know overflow cuz you're not really like listening to yourself you're not feeling your feelings you're not feeling your hunger you're just trying to control it
1: so let me ask you you, you mentioned repressing feelings and do you
3: repress when you're eating
0: repress
1: are you what? repressing anything when I'm so, so 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 um, it's kind of a weird question. Uh, what yeah. hypothesizing? I'm hypothesizing, I'm trying to see, is there some sort of connection? Anything comes to your mind? Cause again, I could be completely wrong and just like, oh, oh, I'm planting ideas in your head. But I'm wondering is like, you grew up in a household where you had to rep- repress, right? Your, yeah. your feelings. I'm wondering if, if with these strict diets doing keto, are you yeah. repressing anything? Do you feel that feeling of repression there?
0: I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, nothing comes to mind when I think of that.
1: If nothing comes to mind, then let's, let's just not worry about it because I could be just completely okay. off the mark. Um, so, okay. but, but something you said earlier was the chastising. That's something I want to explore, uh-huh. too. Um, okay. You're talking about you're eating and then you feel chastised. Uh, you're breaking the rules. Who's chastising you?
0: Um, I guess the real answer is me, right? Mm-hmm. Me in my head.
1: When did you learn to start feeling like that? Or when did you start feeling chastised in general?
0: Young. Yeah, like six or seven.
2: Can you tell me more about that?
0: Well, you know, I think the growing up in the household with all the rules, like if you didn't do something the right way, like both my parents, my biological father and my mother were very like particular, like things had to be done a certain way. And it was just. Yeah, you could get chastised for anything you could get. Like reprimanded for putting dishes in the dishwasher incorrectly, you know?
3: What would they say Um. to you?
0: Um, I don't, okay. It wasn't the words as much as it was their tone. The tone gets very like harsh and like, you know, don't do that. Don't put that in there like that. You know, you should know better and like stuff like that.
1: How did that make you feel with that tone?
0: Uh small. Uh yeah, like obviously in trouble, ashamed. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you're very good at identifying your emotions, by the way. You do a really good Thank job. Thank you. Uh, that is that labeling. is
0: years of practice.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, have yeah. you been have you been to therapy before, by the way? Which by the way, this is of course yes. not therapy. <clears throat> So I'm. Uh,
0: Yes, I have been.
1: So I I wonder those those emotions of um, feeling small, guilt, and shame. Are those the same emotions that pop up with how you feel with regaining the weight? How you feel with the food when you feel
2: out
3: of control? Yeah. Can you help me understand that? Yeah, I
0: think so. <laughs> um, well, there's definitely the, uh, the shame is there.
3: The shame is, you know, I'm not
0: the shape that I should be. I'm not the right fitness, you know. And then I didn't think about the... The small thing, but it's true. I I feel like I even walk differently. Being overweight, I guess. Um, when I was like at that one twenty seven mark, like you know, you walk with your your chest up and your shoulders squared, because you like you feel good. Mm-hmm. And then now I I feel like I hunch over a lot.
1: <laughs> so I I hypothesize there's a lot of The thought generation, the chastising, the guilt trips, the structures, you learned a lot of that at a young age to where you learn that when you screw up, there's the voice there, that tone of the parents. And If your parents aren't there, damn it, there's going to be a voice in your head that's going to be there to have that tone with you of you screwed up and making you feel bad that the dishes don't go this way. And you shouldn't regain the weight, or this is how you're supposed to look with fitness, whatever it is. Yeah. And those emotions and those feelings, I think are going to, uh, they're going to, they're going to respawn as like fresh, fresh emotional mobs there to take you back to where you were growing up. And then the, even though the formula works, the formula of negative emotions, using that as fuel to, push ourselves to, to achieve fitness goals or just achieve anything in life. Cause we see this all the time with, with people. And I see this in the fitness space where some of the best weight loss stories was because the, the person trying to lose the weight, they were, they, they beat themselves up and make themselves, they, they feel like a piece of shit and they just use that in negative fuel to push themselves mm-hmm. to to push really hard, which, uh, I mean, if that works for some people, I'm not trying to shame that or anything like that. But my concern is that it doesn't always last. And then a lot of people can um, burn out from that and they feel even worse afterward. And then it, it ends up with like cycles of, of self hatred and, and, and like yo yoing ups and downs. And that, that just sounds like such a heavy, exhausting load to go through.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I think it is. It reminds me of something that uh, we talked about in your Discord too about how um oh gosh the cycles of uh heaviness and how oh i was saying that i didn't feel like i was mentally strong enough to diet again because it it did it felt like it take it took so much energy just to try and like lose the weight that any, any outside stressor, like, I, I couldn't have any outside stress because I needed to focus solely on cutting my calories, looking at my macros, and making sure I was working out every day.
1: Can you tell me more about the energy required to, um, to get started? Because that was something you mentioned just now. I want to hear more about that.
0: Uh, the energy required to get started on dieting? Yeah. Um, it, for me, I needed, like, kind of like a clean slate, um, and I, you know, had put in like the, the mental work to do all the research to figure out, okay, if I'm going to start on keto, what does that require? I bought like a book, I read the, the book and it was like telling you like, this is how keto works and yada, yada. And then I came up with meal plans and had to like, you know, meal prep, I would make, um, big batches of food and like, uh, sort it and freeze some and put some in the fridge and, you know, make sure that that was all set like every Sunday, but like Sunday, I spent almost the entire day in the kitchen making all this food. Like that's physically exhausting is making all the food just to prep for the next week, which, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday, I was going to do my weight workouts. And then in between I would do walking or running, jogging. Um, And so like Monday through Friday, I was physically exhausted from working out, uh, mentally exhausted from going to work, um, you know, exhausting my creative energy. And then on the weekends, like Saturday, you know, maybe I could spend it with friends, but Sunday I had to go back into the kitchen and prep for the rest of the week. And it's just like, it felt like nothing else could happen, you know?
1: Yeah. There's no space for anything else. And that that does sound exhausting. So Zelda, I, 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 wonder, do you feel like you have to try extra hard to make up
3: for lost time? Yeah. Some, well, <laughs> do I feel like I have to, but there's something
2: maybe.
1: about you. Like there's, there's, there's let, let me, let me change the question. Um, yeah. cause maybe I'm being too specific. Do you? Do you feel like you have to try extra hard for you in particular?
0: Yeah. I mean, so my friends say this about me a lot, that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to like put everything I have into it. And like everything I do, I have to like 100% for sure.
1: Can you tell me about other times in life that you had to give it 100%? Um.
0: Yeah, I would do that in like school, like had to make A's. Um, and if I didn't make A's, like, oh, that felt real bad. Uh, what and was so bad about it? Because I... it wasn't.
3: <laughs> I
0: was going to was... say it wasn't perfect.
2: <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh,
0: just thinking about this, because I haven't ever like, thought about it before. And maybe how ridiculous it sounds that i think that everything needs to be done to perfection
1: where did you learn that it needs to be done to perfection
0: i think i think from my parents you know because there's a right way to do everything growing up um so what cur- i mean so it's like a gift go ahead no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say it's like a gift and a curse because um uh. It's a, it's a gift in that like, if I do something like like for my job, I, I draw and so I'm going to make sure that that is going to be like the best piece of art I've created for this purpose, you know, and it's good because work enjoys that. Um, but it's a curse too, because I can't just like make a crappy drawing, you know, like I won't let myself or I don't want to.
1: What would happen if you made a crappy drawing?
0: Um, Well, I don't think I would lose my job. I mean, for um, you, for you. Okay.
2: Would you be okay with a crappy drawing?
0: I probably wouldn't show it off. (laughs) I'd probably just put it in the, you know, trash bin on my computer or I don't know.
1: What I'm wondering is, again, I I just, I'm just probing. I'm, could be completely off but do you get any sense of if it's not your best work you chastise yourself and you just get the feelings of shame or anything like that oh
0: yeah of course
1: um can you help me understand that yeah but
0: if it, if it doesn't okay so if we're talking about art yeah if it doesn't look good if uh, i draw an arm and it doesn't look correct in perspective then you know it's you know garbage i can't believe i did that and like i don't know how to fix it or I, I have to fix it or
1: see I yeah. think what I was looking for. I was wondering mm-hmm. if there were negative emotions there and I think I heard it right when they said, I can't, what was it? You said, I can't believe I did that. Is that what you said? Yeah. I can't believe I, I did so, that. Yeah. That, that sounds to me like it's coming from a, a, a place of negative emotions. So what do you think?
0: Yeah. Negative emotions. Um, What do you mean explain
1: like you're beating yourself up like I can't believe I did that someone else could have done it. That's a normal thing that's like, you know, good artists could do that, but I can't believe that I did that. Does that sound does that resonate?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like wishing, yeah, I was better or like those other artists, you know.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So.
1: I don't want to probe too much because I think we've already made some good progress on identifying some connections with how you feel with the eating and the dieting, regaining the weight, and how you feel with um, uh, being
2: chastised by your parents. What do you think?
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. I
0: think we've made progress. (laughs) All right.
1: Good. Um... So I, I wanted to pivot to something else and just ask you more about the, uh, the book, Intuitive Eating. So now we can kind of like come up for some air and, and uh, breathe some more fun academic discussion type stuff like the uh, Intuitive Eating book. Uh, can you tell us about the book and what you have, what some of your takeaways are?
0: Um, yeah, so I'm only like, I'm only at chapter like six, maybe five or six. Um, but what I've learned so far is that essentially there's like, it's called like diet cycling, I guess. And that diets just, well, according to this book, diets don't work because they tend to, you know, you put yourself in a very restrictive mode. And then once that restriction is over, people bounce back and sometimes even gain more weight than they had before they started dieting. Um. And the book basically wants you to get back in touch with your body because they were saying that sometimes dieting can separate the body and the mind. So, you know, you, your mind is telling you like when to eat, but you're not listening to what your body is saying. So the goal is to listen to your body. And when you're hungry, you eat. And when you're full, you stop you know, essentially like that and trying to get you to like, be more in tune with this in your body so that you don't binge eat. And like, I I don't know, I don't really know what the end goal would be for me because like, I still want to lose weight. I want to feel fit and feel good. But uh, I don't know, I'm kind of scared to like, like, let myself And that was the other thing is, like, you know, just allow yourself to eat whatever you want when you want it. So, like, if I'm hungry, what am I craving? If I'm craving Pop-Tarts, eat a Pop-Tart. But, like, you know, on a diet, Pop-Tarts are bad. Uh, But essentially just what, what intuitive eating wants to get to, I guess, is that if you are in touch with your own hunger and uh satiation cues that you will eventually eat the right foods for you that you won't just like eat pop tarts all the time but that you will eat you will crave salads and you'll crave chicken and you'll crave maybe a cookie um but it's just because your body is asking for those certain nutrients
1: yeah um i really like the concept of intuitive eating because even though I talk often about tracking and how really like the yeah. best place I think for almost any beginner to start is to start tracking to look at your food to get the quantity and you know get some numbers behind it because I I, I agree also with the, the concept that one thing they touch on is about good food versus bad food I, I rarely label food as good or bad I usually try to give some sort of context to it where it's like calorie dense and because I want to lose weight Calorie dense would be bad, a bad choice in terms of it's not very helpful or productive um, in terms of just the the raw emotion of good or bad, because then that's that's too black and white. Um yeah. and very rarely. I think food is is that black and white. Um, and so at the same time, you brought up a really good point, which is you want to lose weight. Yet at the same time, you don't want to. You want to. um Take the training wheels off and intuitively eat, right?
0: Yeah, that sounds like a yeah. tough
1: spot to be in. Um, what, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts about how to navigate that space?
0: I think that's why I'm here because I don't. <laughs>
1: that's
0: fine. I, I, I just wanted to really see if you had a sense for
1: it. <laughs> and, um, I, I don't. I don't want to make you squirm like, or anything like that. Yeah. I want to make you squirm enough. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So I think um, at the end of the day, if you want to lose weight, right, there's a lot of good health reasons to lose weight. Right, that this is just scientifically true. Like we know this, it's it is good to quote unquote be in shape. Which is when I say be in shape, I mean on the BMI chart, you're not severely underweight, you're not severely overweight, you're somewhere in the middle ish range. And I say middle ish because it's actually quite broad. I prefer body fat percentages more, which is really just. For most guys, broad strokes like 8 to 18% body fat. For most women, like 15 to 25% body fat. Again, if you go a few percent outside that range, I don't really care. But just general broad strokes of, okay, let's try to get somewhere in this zone for optimal health. And we need to have a plan that does not lead us to. Uh, failure and a cycle of negative emotions, um, because uh, the negative emotions is like a um, uh, what's a a good analogy for this? You ever play Magic the Gathering? No, by any no. chance, of course the nerds play that yeah. game? Why would I even bring that up? I, d- <laughs> I definitely don't play Magic. I mean, I'm no we nerd. a nerd. What? No, that's crazy. Why would <laughs> I say that? But um, you know how like there's certain builds, in certain games, that they have builds where uh you can do extra damage but you do damage to yourself you know what i'm talking about like oh yeah 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 I, oh, wait in overwatch you play overwatch right wasn't there someone who, do, yeah. who does who plays like that there uh, I, I, there has to be right
0: i don't think so i don't think there's anybody that does damage to themselves anymore
1: okay um but i think i mean i i'm i'm flailing for an example here but it's, like, the negative emotions. Well, about uh, uh, okay. Pokemon.
0: I play Pokemon, so okay. Pokemon have Can't, that ability where, like... Which ones? Uh, there's, like... I don't think it's headbutt, but it's, like, a similar move where the Pokemon will go and, like, tackle the other one, but there's, like, a recoil to it. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Recoil, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Is yeah. It ends up damaging them.
1: Does it struggle? Who, which Pokemon does that? Take down. Rock
0: type? <laughs> My partner knows more about... Yeah, yeah. I think it's take down.
1: Okay struggle double-edge takedowns what people are in chat are saying uh, i'm breaking okay, the rules yeah. chat, <laughs> but that's kind of the same thing like it's a cell like negative emotional fuel is like a self-sacrificial thing where you're you're gonna you can get the job done at the cost of dealing damage to yourself yeah and eventually you gotta you gotta deal with the damage afterward and oh boy that damage can last sometimes Yeah. so i think with intuitive eating one of the best um one of the best takeaways from it is to try to get to a place where you're not dealing damage to yourself in order to achieve your goals, to, to minimize the long lasting destruction and, and also the energy, because damn, is it freeing when if you can get to a place where you decouple yourself from the goal one. Let me explain that one issue. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have with dieting or really just any goal in life is they attach their identity and self-worth to that goal and that function i it, it that sounds like it resonates with you can you tell me what you're thinking oh
0: yeah <laughs> uh, i'm really trying not to cry tom
2: can you, can you walk me through um, what you're feeling
0: Uh, yeah i think that the self worth thing is hitting hard
3: <laughs> okay we can we can sit with it
1: if you want we can we can steer out of here but i think it might be important to talk a little bit about this yeah is it okay if we talk about this?
0: Yeah, we can talk about is it. Is it
2: okay to cry? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it's okay to cry.
1: <laughs> you might you but, might get me too. You know, I'm starting to actually get a little eyed here. Can it's you okay tell to me? cry, but
0: is it okay to cry on stream? <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course. <laughs> can you tell me about... Uh, what your understanding of that is, the self-worth
2: in your case, like you're tied to your identity.
0: Yeah, I just, I think that I've never really had a good sense of self-worth. That I've never really, never really believed in myself, like fully, you know?
3: When did you start learning to not believe in yourself? I don't know. Yeah, I mean,
0: early. Maybe that just comes from growing up and having other people kind of tell me how I should feel and who I should be, you know?
2: Who do they tell you you should be in? Who do they tell you, or how do they tell you should feel?
0: I should be an upstanding <laughs> member of society. I should be straight and ladylike, and you know, you know, don't have a potty mouth. Women don't
3: have potty mouths, uh,
0: and Yeah, I should get a job with lots of money. Money is everything. And uh, I should be thin, right?
3: Yeah. When we think about those things, those tags of what you should Uh be, how do you feel? Like I'm none of it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> feeling like I'm none of it is not a feeling <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I think of those those tags of of who I should be, like I don't my feeling is just like, mm. that's I mean it's not for me like that's that's cute, but
3: wrong. <laughs> I think for a second? Y- yes. Take your time. I need some coffee for a second. I need a I think about this a little bit longer. All right. Cheers. Cheers. I'm just
2: going to think out loud, so I haven't really put my thoughts together on this. Your identity and self-worth.
1: I want to explore that more, because I think... I I want to understand that connection more with... Your identity and self-worth, you learned it at a young age. You were told that you should be ladylike. You should be straight. You should, have a, uh, don't have a, you should not have a potty mouth. You should be thin. You have all these should, should, shoulds. And you've learned at a young age to basically just not have self-worth. Yeah.
3: Do you have self-worth now? I think I'm slowly working on it. That
0: yeah. I think that I do value myself. I just don't know how to talk to myself about it. I don't know how to tell myself, you know?
2: Let me ask you this. let's frame it like this. You have a friend,
1: a little girl or a little sister, whichever whichever you prefer, who is six years old, eight years old. she thinks she she's not following the rules, she's being told by her parents that she's not ladylike enough, that she should be straight and she's not sure and She breaks the rules if she feels small and she's not good enough if she's getting chastised. What would you say to that girl?
0: Yo, do you want to come live with me? (laughs) 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 Because it sounds like you're in a pretty
3: crappy environment. And it doesn't have to define you. What should define her? Hmm. And If you're not sure, we can...
2: Um, we can pivot. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What would you say to her to
3: encourage her? Um, don't forget to listen to yourself, maybe, with
0: all of these things coming at you. Don't forget that you're you, and you're allowed to like the things that you like and do the things that you want to do.
2: Who are you? Zelda. Are you Zelda? Or are you chic?
1: No. But seriously, who, <laughs> on, on a serious note, who, who are you?
0: What do you mean? <laughs>
1: Whatever comes to mind.
0: Who am I? Who is Zelda?
3: Zelda is a.
0: kind-hearted person who's very artistic. She loves making people laugh and really wants to do her
3: best to be a good person. We talked about self-love
1: and self-worth, how to encourage yourself. I think, that might be one of the steps forward. Yeah, is to talk to yourself like you're having compassion for your best friend or a little the little girl who needed you back then. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think that that would be um, a great first step because even just saying like nice things about me is like. That felt hard to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. it can be really hard to do, especially when you have that thought loop generator in there. Yeah. In the back of your mind.
0: That negative self-talk.
1: Yep. And um, one thing that I've learned from, you know, Dr. K, because I love his streams, love his content, is how he explains it as, you, you ever play the game Gauntlet back in the day?
0: what was gauntlet
1: gauntlet is this old game that boomers like me have played back when i was younger
0: i played a game on the 64 called gauntlet legends is that the okay same? yeah
1: yeah, yeah. do you know how like uh, you know, gauntlet, basically in gauntlet is always like like you're you have mobs and mobs and mobs to fight through yes. but really the goal is you got to go destroy the portals that are generating all the mobs right right because it's just it's like you fight like hell until you finally get to the portal. That's really that's really the boss. You gotta like that's the real problem. Cause if you just sit in the corner and you just stand there fighting the mobs, it's a like you're never gonna win. Cause you just cannot win if you just stand there. But you gotta assess the right target. And the right target is you have to notice the thought generator of where these thoughts come from, these negative emotions and the negative self-talk. Did it come from your parents when they were chastising you? When they're reprimanding you when you were younger right? Where do you put these rules and structure on yourself? Is it because you grew up in a family with so much rules and structures that this is the game you know how to play? And that's the only game you were taught and you know how to play. Just play by the rules, don't get caught. And once the rules are gone, then like, hell hell yeah, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want now, right? So yeah. those, those are the types of rules. Uh, those are the types of identifying and noticing these patterns is one of the best ways to defeat these loop patterns it's just like stare it down in the eye and just stare it down until it's destroyed that's that's like one of the best weapons uh and to notice that it's not a part of you right the self-worth and identity um I, I think dr k has a good take on this the spirituality stuff and that's something that's kind of i think unfortunately missing in today's society and um, as a Christian, I'm I'm a Christian too, and I don't preach down upon people. But if I can just apologize on behalf of Christians for uh, I, making people feel down and lacking self worth for things yeah. like gender choices, identity choices, stuff like that, because um, I think that's just that can cause unfortunately some lasting damage, and yeah. it 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 causes a big drift away from spirituality when I think a lot of humans need some kind of spirituality. I, I won't touch on it too much today here, but this is something like if you want to, I'm happy to, to, to give you my take on spirituality another time. Um, yeah. And it, we can always do it off stream too, but uh, and ultimately, no, so noticing the, the behavior, the pattern and talking to yourself like you're a friend or a little sister, because sometimes when we've learned these patterns, it's so difficult to talk to ourselves like we know we deserve because we've learned we don't deserve it. But when you think of someone else, it's so much easier to talk to them and to put them up rather than ourselves. So um, I think this combo is going to be huge for you to start making steps towards intuitive eating and improving your relationship with food. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I can see how. Yeah, that could help just like having the self worth and would help. Not obsess so much over. The way I should look, I
1: guess. Yeah. So uh, one more thing I wanted to mention was detaching yourself from the outcome. This is something when I heard Dr. K, you know, from Healthy Gamer GG, when, when he mentioned this before. To me, the first time I did not understand it, he said, you cannot lose weight. That is not an action or a verb that you can take. And I I didn't quite understand, like, what are you talking about, bro? Of course, I can lose weight. I do does all the time. Like, it's very simple. Yeah. You just reduce calories and you increase activity, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he pointed out that those are the actions that you can take. You can reduce your food. You can change what your food choices are. You could choose to uh, do cardio or go to the gym, lift weights, whatever. Those are actions you can actually take. But you cannot take the action of lose weight. That's an abstract goal. An abstract goal. Yeah. Detaching yourself from that to where it's not you. It's not a part of your identity and your self-worth. I, it, it, it's liberating. To surrender, yeah. right? That, that's part of the whole intuitive eating aspect of this, which is surrendering that you're not entitled to the outcome. You're only entitled to the actions that you take, which yes, on a very practical aspect, we can be intelligent about our planning and, and take make good choices about food. I'm not saying don't do that. We can um, you know, make good plans to exercise, workout, all that stuff. What yeah. I'm saying is we can detach ourselves that this goal i am not entitled to the goal of losing weight and when you detach yourself from that it can be liberating that it's not a part of your identity or your self-worth and then you're free to make mistakes because it's not you right it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to fail because when you take away that burden of I need to have this outcome. I am I am trying to do XYZ. Then you feel feel like you failed XYZ. When in reality you actually did do the actions correctly for the most part, right? Yeah. You did take the actions of planning your food. You did take the actions of I'm going to go exercise. Um, but the the outcome didn't come. And so that's that's kind of that mindset shift that I think is an important aspect of that. I've been talking a lot, so I want I want to hear your thoughts.
0: <laughs> um yeah, um, well, I mean, I, I get it, right? Because, you know, if someone says, you know, yeah, lose weight, like, how are you going to just do it? But working, like, yeah, being active, you know, changing your diet, that kind of thing, are actions you can take. Um.
3: Yeah. I guess... <sighs> what's
0: what's going through my head is like you know i want i want rules again so i'm like okay great yeah uh-huh. what do i do now like what's my next step
1: so um the rules this is a this is a dangerous game because that's familiar territory for you right that's, yeah. that's familiar territory where like uh you hear stories of people who get with abusive partners And they continue to go through a series of always getting with an abusive partner because they learned at a young age that's familiar territory to get abused. And that's the game they know how to play. Right. And so the game with the rules is the game you know how to play. I'm not saying you shouldn't have rules. I'm not saying that at all because you can absolutely be successful with strict rules and structure. It's just we have to do some basic analysis here of is this working for me? Is it generating a lot of damage? Am I doing like am I doing a Pokemon tackle and I'm doing self destructive damage un unnecessarily? Like really, I should have done Pikachu Thunderbolt or something like that, which deals does that deal do the damage? I actually don't know. My analogy is falling yeah. apart because I'm probably gonna get called out. Someone on the internet would be like, "Oh my <laughs> god, you don't know that Pikachu does damage to himself at Thunderbolt." Okay, so the point is, um, structure and rules can work for you. It absolutely can. It's just you have to be okay with you. You just, we got to watch for chastising yourself. That's the real problem is the negative collateral damage. If, if you can um, play by the game of having rules, there's, there's two aspects to that. One is the negative emotions. Can we separate this? And one of the ways to do that is separating the outcome, detaching it from your identity, right? That's one aspect. The second aspect is uh, what do you do when there are no rules, right? Once the keto challenge is over, what do you do then? Because on a very practical note, um, when people have too much structure, like you said from the intuitive eating book, when you have too much structure, um, what do the people do then? Which is why I really like, so my approach, so to tie this all back to the beginning, one of the first things I wanted to mention right off the bat was talking about um, the mental energy for calculating your macros because you mentioned that there's a lot of mental energy for that and you also mentioned you wanted to intuitively eat and be able to choose for yourself. Um I think tracking is one of the best ways for people to start simply because you start there. Treat it like training wheels. And eventually most people can take the training wheels off and then intuitively eat and kind of control. And what that looks like for each person is going to be different. So I'll just I'll speak from my own um, experience, and I'm not saying people should mimic this or copy it exactly because it might look a bit different. But I've been at this enough times I don't need to track for when I'm bulking or cutting. Sometimes um, I'll take a page from Eric Helms, who also uh, Eric Helms, bodybuilder, scientist. Uh, and he talks about intuitive eating as well. I'll take a page from him in that he talks about how um, occasionally we should audit ourselves. And I occasionally will audit myself if I'm plateauing. So if I'm not... Losing weight, or if I'm not, when I'm cutting, if I'm not losing weight and I'm plateauing for a few weeks, I will take an audit and like seriously sit down and start looking at everything I'm eating. I start tracking again. Like, oops, okay, I was quite off the you know off the mark, or um, same thing with bulking if I'm struggling to gain weights and I I'm like missing the mark and I think I'm eating a lot, but I'm not. And then I'll start auditing and tracking and checking that. So the yeah. occasional self tests, but when we do that, we have to make sure that in our head, we're not fueling this with a negative motion of I, oh man, what a, what a POS I am. I failed again. I have to look at me having to, you know, I, I couldn't do it. You see, like I'm getting chastising myself again. You see, like I do need this yeah. structure. Um, it's so, uh, when I personally am failing, I I don't beat myself up. I'm like, oops, that sucks. Oh well. Okay. I'm gonna try again. I'm gonna recalibrate. So um I I rarely have the feelings of failure because even though like I mean, people might look at me like, oh man, he's so perfect. He's like doing everything right all the time. I'm not. I I most definitely um take um, extended cheat days, let's say <laughs> right now I'm on like extended cheat day vacation mode right now because of some special Great. um vacation circumstances. And so I am most definitely not eating. Am I cutting calories? And that's OK, because uh, I know at the end it's going to be OK. I am detached from the outcome. And I do have a, you know, a very much spiritual belief in everything's going to work out. It's gonna it's going to work out, and I can back that up with I feel confident that I'm gonna be heading in the right direction. I, I can I'll recalibrate later and I know what the plan is. So um that is I think an approach for intuitive eating, and it can reduce the mental energy for macros and calories, uh, is to start taking the training wheels off and see how you're doing uh with a simple check like the scale. Um now the scale in itself could also be um A source of stress i want to ask you how do you feel about something like that
0: how do i feel about checking the scale
1: yeah as like a way to see if you're generally on track or not
0: um i think i mean like i'm i'm used to it but i think that i would steer away from it for now
1: okay and that's okay too um as long as there's there's some sort of plan to have an audit in there. And at the same time, one thing to keep in mind, we don't have to go into this today, is to think about why do you want to steer away from the scale? What's what's the emotion there? And I'm just going to hypothesize. Do you have something in mind already?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, for for me, because um, <clears throat> when I when I did lose uh, that 20 pounds um, I was diligently tracking my calories and my macros. I had the my Fitness Pal app and was tracking everything every day. Uh same with the scale I'd weigh myself every morning and I just um for me right now it became back then it became a little obsessive and there's a mm-hmm. lot of like anxiety and worry associated with it. So, um I'm wondering if my next step should be just to kinda like take a break from it. Um, let myself, you know, figure like do the intuitive eating, just like let myself be and breathe for a second before I get back on to tracking so that it doesn't become obsession again.
1: Right, right. Completely understandable. One thing to understand as well is um, if. I understand you need to take a break. Eventually, though, if the negative feelings and emotions keep coming up, we should explore this either like together or by yourself it kind of like how we were exploring your, your feelings with the, um, the chastising and, and uh, feeling, you know, the basically the chastising feelings. We're exploring that. You should explore that with the weights as well in the scale, because we do need, if your end goal is to uh, lose the weight, we should have some sort of tracking or checking uh, somewhere. Okay. Um, it's, we have to know if we're actually hitting our goals and whether that's, and there's a lot of practical ways around this, but one of the issues I think is um, one mistake is, and I'm not saying you're doing this, by the way. I'm just going to hypothetically, some people will be like, okay, the scale is a source of stress, so I'm never going to use the scale. And I will never use the scale in my life because I'm never opening that door. I am never opening that door looking at the skeletons in that closet again. And I don't think that's a healthy solution either because we have to explore why are there skeletons in the closet with the scale. Okay, we don't have to explore right now. That's something to explore right. eventually. If something that's a very um, benign tracking tool, because like the scale doesn't tell you, Zelda, like you failed again, Zelda, your self worth is not there. the The scale doesn't say that. We uh, we put that worth on the scale, we and we generate the voices in our heads and the thoughts in our head, and and it feels so real. So there's there's a balance to be had there, and I'm just gonna I'll give some practical tips too to help with scale stress. So I'm just going to talk at you some more with, with practical tips, which is, hey, you know what? I get scale stress too sometimes when I'm cutting, and it, it it hits me too. Like when I see the number shoot up, when I'm trying to lose weight, it shoots up like two or three pounds. Um, I am completely there with a lot of people where I the first reaction is an immediate physical, emotional, visceral reaction that you cannot control. It's just going to hit you for like a quarter second, a half second of like, what the hell? What what have I done? You know, the Anakin quote right after he turns to the dark side. What have I done? And so that immediately goes through my mind. But then I think about it carefully. Like, oh, OK, wait, actually, like you know what? I had a I had a fast food burrito yesterday or pizza, super salty, a lot of calories. I drank tons of water. I had a cheat day yesterday. You know what? This actually makes sense. Um, and then sure enough, I go back to my normal dieting habits and then we're back down to where we were. Uh, after a day or two so scale stress is real and i recommend for most people to consider like a a moving average so um for apps there is um two good apps i recommend one is um libra another one is lose it so if you're on ios you know i i think you have to use lose it if you're on android then libra is the one to use and the way those work is they they just tell you the moving average number you you just you weigh yourself daily don't think about that number just punch it in to the to the app it'll tell you the moving average of the last seven days or 30 days or whatever you set it to and then that's really the key number to look to look at because the day-to-day fluctuations are huge especially for females and zelda um if i may ask uh how are your menstrual cycles they're regular, like so, like they're, roughly every you know four weeks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Twenty every twenty eight days.
1: Um. Do you notice any particular bloating or you know uh, with your cycle or any, yes. any regular cycles like that? So in, in for for women who have regular cycles. And they know they know they definitely feel more bloated or like the the water weight is coming on or they're snacking and craving a little bit more. Um, it might also be a good idea to instead of doing a seven day moving average, do a thirty day moving average. Okay. A thirty day moving average because week to week, right? There's going to be massive hormonal fluctuations and water weight fluctuations, mm-hmm. and so it's not a fair comparison to do. Um, what does my week one, I just finished my period. Week one, my body weight versus week three or week four when I'm PMSing and water retention is going up and my hormones are shifting. And that can lead easily to um, just a complete shift in water weight. Yet you have done nothing different with your food. And so, week one of month one versus week one of month two is a way more fair comparison. Or, Week um, three of month one versus week three of month two is a way more fair comparison. So to help alleviate some of this mental stress, try a 30-day moving average or a bigger average. And when you look at that number on the scale, that number doesn't matter. The number that matters is the moving average. Is that generally staying the same or going down? Right? So that's that's, that's one of my practical tips for all that. Because I think... We've we've kind of like we're, we're done with like the emotional, like the uh, discussion, all that stuff. I think we made some, you know, we had some great discussions there. And I'm just going to talk at you with a lot of practical tips. OK, um, so I think all of that stuff will help with the mental battle, help reduce how much stamina you need to fight the day to day battle, because I'm not going to lie. It's not like when I'm cutting, I feel like I'm at a pretty good mental pl- place. But dude, it still takes mental energy. Right. But oh, yeah. it, it still takes effort. And the goal is to basically reduce the debuffs on you that makes it so much harder to fight this fight so that you have more stamina to fight the fight. You know, like, let's let's try to put this on as easy mode as possible because I'm a filthy casual and I like easy mode. And so I think it's fine to try to, to fight, you know, the dieting aspect on easy mode. Um, the other thing I was going to say is uh, it, on top of the intuitive eating book that you're reading, I I think another good resource is Stefan Guillenet. Um, it's so hard to spell his name. I'm going to type it out in chat. It's Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-A-N, G-U-Y-E-N-E-T. He is an obesity research researcher. I really like his take on um, the palatability of food and the resource cost associated with the food. Basically, pointing to hunter-gatherer societies, how we talk about um, they. there always has to be the the resource cost of energy to the, the energy that they expend to go get the food cannot exceed what the the energy is they get out of that food. Basically, if they're burning too much energy to go hunt an animal or, or to go forage for food and to get back to their home, that's just it's a neg- it's a net loss. They're going to starve to death and die. Right, and so we see that a lot with our own food choices. Where um, my favorite junk what's one of your favorite junk foods?
0: Junk foods. Yeah. Oreos,
1: Oreos. There we go. So Oreos pre pandemic. Did you have uh, an did you work in an office? Yes. Okay, so in the office, imagine this, let's take two extreme examples to, to illustrate the resource cost. Oreos, okay. imagine that from your desk for from your desk to go to the bathroom. You would have to walk through the break room, and there in the break room is it's a Friday, and they put out a big old platter of Oreos, and it's free. No one's there to see it, and every time you walk to the bathroom, it's there, staring at you in the face. And man, that's so tempting. It's zero cost. It's free. You don't. You barely. It's not out of your way, and it's no one's there to like judge you for taking it. And you know what? They're gonna throw it away, right? There's that. They're gonna throw it away at the end of the day. Why not take some? Why not take 10? And so that happens to me with donuts too, man. Donuts is my my go-to. But let's take an opposite extreme. Let's just say for you to get an Oreo, you would have to drive an hour in traffic to get to the store that sells Oreos marked up for like $20 for a bag of Oreos and you have to wait in line. That is such a high resource cost. It is such a strong deterrent. Gotcha. We're not going to do it. Same for me with donuts. like 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 If there's really, really tasty donuts, but I had to drive an hour away to have this crappy parking lot, and I'd spend 10 minutes trying to find parking, and then go hike uphill to go wait in line another 30 minutes to go buy $10 donuts, I'm not doing it. I love donuts, but I'm not doing that. So yeah. that resource cost is something Stefan Guine really illustrates in how that can help us make intuitive eating a little bit easier. So to tie this back to your question about intuitive eating, um, some of his practical tips is literally, like, as as simple as getting the junk food out of the house because if it is literally out okay. of your house. It's going to have a higher resource cost associated with it to go um, get that food. Cause now instead of just reaching for the pantry, you have to drive to the store. Now some people might still do that, but the point is we're trying to increase the barrier of effort. Um, same thing. If you, if you live with roommates or you still want to have some junk food, you don't want to toss it out. Fine. At least rearrange things such that in the refrigerator, in the pantry, the hardest, it takes the most effort to reach for the junk food and the fresh, healthy food, whatever that is for you, it requires the least effort. So it is as simple as positioning fruits and vegetables in front in the refrigerator and the junk or cake or whatever in the back. It's same with um, the pantry. And I, I will tell you, as silly as it sounds, it works for me because when I'm in that mindless mode of I am hungry, I want to snack on something, I will literally grab what's the first thing in front of me. It is so much easier or or it's so much easier to stick to avoiding calorie-dense snacks if they're literally at hard reach. You know what I mean? What do you think about all that? Yeah,
0: no, we actually – me and my partner did that recently because we were still trying to like stick to a healthy eating plan, but we really wanted Oreos. We bought the Halloween Oreos is what happened because we really wanted Oreos. But we uh, put them up above – some counter space. So in order to reach them, we had to get out the step stool just to get to them. There you go. So if we if we wanted Oreos, we had to work
1: for it. Short people advantage right there. <laughs> Tall people True. disadvantage. I have
0: to use a step stool for everything.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> for me, like I can just reach, right? I have to my wife Helen, she's like five three. And um I have to like I have to grab stuff for her, but it's funny because it actually works to her advantage. Also, if I put stuff out of reach for her, because I'm helping yeah. her, that's what I tell myself anyway. So nice. <laughs> anyway, so we talked about a lot. Um, Zelda, yeah. do, you, do you have any questions about anything? Is there anything you, you want to comment on?
0: Uh, yeah. So, well, at least what I've been thinking about recently, because like I understand doing the 30 day moving average and you know uh food resourcing and and all that stuff but I'm wondering if maybe um what do you think of me taking the next 2 to 3 months to just kind of like soft reset I guess mm-hmm. and like no no rules no weighing no counting calories and just sort of like trying to listen to my body when i'm hungry when i'm not and just you know i guess trying to go back so that if i do restrict i won't binge again like that's what i want to try to teach myself how to eat appropriately so that dieting like like uh, cutting calories and then stopping cutting calories isn't going to send me into you know this again to gaining yeah. back all the weight that i lost
1: I think a lot of that battle is going to be not so much in the soft reset, but more so in you identifying those thought loop patterns with the cycles of the shame going back to when you're the little girl being chastised by your parents and in your head, that voice chastising you. I think that's going to be a huge um, difference right there. So um, that being said, some other practical tips about the soft reset i think it makes complete sense that sometimes we need a break to just rebuild our mental health stamina um the the downside is there should be some sort of fail safe somewhere to prevent um long lasting damage what i mean is it's not a big deal if you you know like in these next two or three months if you put on two pounds five pounds ten pounds that's, that's not that yeah. big of a deal because you can lose that later on. Um, it is a big deal if you put on 100 pounds because medically speaking, that is there is some longer lasting damage. And we're kind of making the uphill slope that we're going to go on even steeper. So, yeah. we got to find a balance to where we, we, we have some sort of fail okay. safe. But um, it, it's tricky, right? Because we want to give you a mental health reset, but we also don't want to um, completely like create a lot more damage. Um, yeah. I'm hearing some, some, uh, donations actually for the mental, for the, uh, healthy gamer fund. Thank you for that. My, my alerts are scuffed right now. Um, cause we're doing a healthy gamer fundraiser, uh, for mental health stuff. I'll talk more about that, more about that after the interview is over, but thank you for the donations. Um, yes. and I, I was going to say, uh, what do you think about that? Like, what do what do you think about finding that balance? <clears throat>
0: um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, Is that, yeah, putting a fail safe so that I don't just like go crazy. But I think part of learning intuitive eating is that it's not to just let yourself go crazy and it's learning to trust yourself. And I think that I do need to build that back up. So um, maybe just trust myself that I'm not going to go and, binge and gain fifty pounds in three months, you know? Yeah. Like trust that if I listen to myself and I eat when I'm hungry, I'm not I'm not gonna like blow up, you know? Yeah. At least that's that's my thought. That's my goal.
1: Yes, yes. Ultimately I think that is a good goal. Um I'm trying to navigate the space of if and how there should be some sort of um, self-checking of okay, this is not working. Okay. Let's pump the brakes. Uh, and I, I don't have a good answer for that. This is something that maybe you're you're gonna have to reflect on in terms of how do we know that this is starting to not work and we're starting to lose control again? I don't know if that's gonna be just noticing uh bad patterns and the the, the negative self-talk starting again. I don't know if that's gonna be just um doing uh trying out some sort of, like, weigh yourself once a month type of thing and give yourself an acceptable goal of, like, as long as I'm within 20% of my original body weight. Like, I did not gain more than 20%, you know? That that's acceptable as not a failure, right? Because one of the goals is to try to detach yourself from the outcome of labeling yourself as a failure of, like, pass, fail, and all that stuff. And so um, this is kind of counterintuitive to that because we are, like, labeling this as failure, but we're creating such a large buffer zone that... Um, that there's so much wiggle room here that, uh, you have enough grace to, to be kind to yourself that, you know, you gain 5% and that's okay. You gain 10%. That's okay. You can deal with that. Let's just not gain 50%, you know, something along those lines. What that looks like for you. I'm not sure. I I, I'm kind of just talking out loud here and just brainstorming. And I don't know if any of these would really work, but you're gonna have to uh, think about it a little bit, or maybe a size, you know, like clothing size change. Right. Like yeah. I cannot allow myself to increase my size by three or four sizes, something like that, um, because yeah. if you gain 50 percent of your body weight, you would most likely have to close shop. And then that that could be the the fail safe. I don't know. Again, the really important part gotcha. here is the negative self-talk. We've got to identify it as it happens to kind of, to kind of break the cycle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, working on uh, the mental health first. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But, uh, you know, I I do like that fail safe potential. Is just like, yeah, don't go up in a pant size or something.
1: Yeah, well, maybe a pant size is too strict. Still, like, we got to like really, really okay. give you a buffer, like, okay. like, like three pant sizes, okay? Because like, like, let's let's give yourself plenty of wiggle room. Because at, at the end of the day, if someone gains ten or twenty percent of their body weight that's really not that hard to undo. But if someone doubles their body weight, that's that's actually pretty big in terms of there are, there's going to be long-lasting damage to deal with. And we don't want to do that, right? Like yeah. someone who... Um, Dr. K has mentioned this before, that for antidepressants, he doesn't always want to put people on antidepressants. But if someone like needs to perform because they have to provide for their family and they're going to lose their job because depression is that bad, he's going to pro- pro- uh, give them the antidepressants. He's going to help them. Like, we got to get through this. But... Let's also try to address the long-term solution. And so a similar thing here with um, yeah. we got to um, let's, let's do what we got to do to uh, get our mental health at a better place. Uh, at okay. the same time, there's, we don't want to create long-lasting damage. It's going to take more time to undo. You know what I mean? Yes. So we've got to find that balance, which is tricky. There's, there is no right or wrong answer. This is uh, A lot of times, it's, it's going to depend on each person, and we've got to find what works for us, Right. Right. So, um, what else? Comments, questions?
0: Do um, exercise and working out obviously should keep doing that, right? Yes. Do do I need to have like a goal, or should I just say, you know what, Tina, you're you're working out. You did three miles today. That's that's awesome. Go you. Or should I be like, no, I got to like lift weights. I got to get to a certain strength. Or
1: the real, I think the real ultimate goal here is for you to be able to plan and create strategies, it's okay to intellectually think about this and rationalize out a plan as long as it's not fueled by negative emotions of looking at yourself in the mirror and like, I hate myself, I hate how I look and like, I, that's the fuel that's driving these plans. And as long as if you fail the plans, you aren't Falling back in the same cycles of the self hatred, the self, um, you know, the chastising that that came that feels like what your parents did when you were younger, that kind of stuff. That is really the goal because um, I I don't like the idea of we should just you know like fly blind. Um, some people can intuitively okay. do that, absolutely. Some people can intuitively lift. And get stronger and get big and jacked and like, like super strong. I'm, I'm jealous of them because they are resilient and they know their bodies. They just, yeah, you know what? Today i feel like, you know, deadlifting 400 pounds. Let's just keep pushing. And and they can do it. Not everyone can do that. I can't do it. I have to think about it and I have to strategize about it. But, um, and that's okay as long as we aren't surrounded by negative emotions with it. So to answer your question very practically about should I plan things out? You should plan things out. Perhaps baby steps. Perhaps not. I am not sure. But plan things out in a way that does not result in this stuff. It's not not fueled by the negative emotions. So if you can, if you have to go baby steps because you need like a mental break and reset and just set goals of like, you know what? Let's just do any kind of physical activity today. The micro steps, that's okay too. Um, If you feel like you're at a place where you can just jump straight back into um, pushing hard, then yeah. Like you can just go for it. If you, if you have a plan that you did before you liked it, you enjoyed it and you, yeah. you're not gonna have this negative self-talk on it, then by all means, go back into it.
0: Okay.
2: What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I like that. And there is a, a workout plan that I do like it, you know, makes me happy. Uh, obviously not in the moment because it's very stressful, but uh, afterwards I always feel great. And my, partner is working out with me which makes it even better um so I like doing that it's just uh what's going through my mind now is I keep thinking about like the what the intuitive eating book is saying versus like yeah it feels like there's like this weird is it juxtaposition like the intuitive eating is like you know yeah be loose be free like just feel your feelings and feel what your body is saying. And then like, in order to actually lose weight, you kind of have to like be a little more strict about it. Right. Um, I think so. It's just like, yeah, where's the balance?
1: I guess one of the takeaways from a lot of books and just a lot of media in general, a lot of times they'll take a position and it sounds so amplified that this is the one true way. And maybe, maybe they're saying that maybe they're not, I actually don't know. Um, I only know the general concepts that book outlines. And my understanding of that book is more about how to have a weight-neutral relationship and kind of reset the negative emotions with it. And then to use, um, by freeing yourself the negative emotions, you freed yourself from all these debuffs. And then imagine how much stronger you're going to be now when you go and you make strategies. Um, Because, (coughs) like you said, there's balance. And there's... You yeah. you're going to have to balance that and just keep that in mind when you're reading it that perhaps I don't know if they mention this in the book at all because, again, I'm very ignorant about the book. But there could be um, – they may have subtly mentioned it in the intro that maybe this is just about a weight-neutral strategy and this is just – is more about the emotions tied to the food as opposed to someone trying to um, lose weight or regain weight, stuff like that. So – Um, What is
0: weight neutral?
1: Weight neutral is just I can take off the training wheels and not have to restrict myself in any way. And not I I can eat on autopilot Mm. and um, not gain weight or lose weight. Yeah. And the next step on top of that, I would say that the next iteration of that is to autopilot and still be able to lose weight or gain weight as a controlled like this is something I want to do. And it's not controlling me. And there's no negative emotions of it attacking me. So, for example, like I can yeah. intuitively eat weight neutral because um, I, I, I mean, I know how to listen to my body for all these things. So let me just give some practical stuff from like the the, the bodybuilding side of weight neutral in, intuitive eating. Um, I know that right after a cut, I'm going to be extra hungry. And if I want to be weight neutral, I have to be Use extra mental attention to pay attention to my hunger cues and realize that perhaps I'm not that hungry. And I use certain strategies of like, okay, I'm feeling hungry now. Let me just drink a um, flavored carbonated water. Like I, I like LaCroix, Kirkland, sparkling yeah. water, zero calories. It kind of fills you up. It kind of triggers the mechanoceptors in the receptors in the um, stomach, which just tells you you're full kind of because it puts pressure in there. And so that pressure, mm-hmm. it what it buys me time. And two, it lets me think a little bit longer about, okay, am I actually hungry? How hungry am I really? And I think about like, okay, how much do I need to eat in order to actually feel hungry? And one of my favorite tips for just intuitively eating is to um, how to learn. One of my favorite ways about just how to learn any subject, how to learn any piece of knowledge is you spend the time to use your brain muscle to predict and think about it like as if you're you're testing yourself and then you go check the answer on the test because you'll get the answer later and so what i mean is a very practical tip for this is um i think for the food how much how many calories this plate of food i'm looking at how many calories would i guess each piece contributes to it i take the time to really think about it and then I you know, like write down the answer somewhere because I'm exercising that that muscle in my brain and it's going to get stronger. I'm progressively overloading that muscle. And then I check with a scale or with um, my Fitness MyFitnessPal, something like that. And then I get the answer key and I see how close I was. There's no feelings of shame or guilt. It's just science. It's just numbers. It has nothing to do with your self-worth yeah. or identity. I'm just looking at this and guessing. And by exercising that skill, you start to get better and better at it. And then you don't need to actually check the numbers because you've kind of intuitively figured out how many calories that is same thing for eating how full how much food do i need to eat to feel full and so I, I will think about it ahead of time okay like i'm cutting i just finished cutting so i'm going to be hungrier than usual so i'm going to recognize i'm hungrier than usual so i probably don't need as much and if i also if i just give myself some buffer zone after i'm done eating like i'm 30 minutes i just like pump the brakes 30 minutes hang in there and then wait am i still hungry or, or can i be okay and that's the kind of stuff that I think about. And then like, okay, yep. You know, I think about this much uh, chili and a baked potato will fill me up. And then I try it. And then afterward, I reflect on it. You know what? Like, you know what? That, that was right. That was the right amount. Or like, oh, I feel a little bit stuffed. I probably could have done a little bit less. Okay. It's all just, it's just science. It's just numbers. It's, there's no there's no guilt. There's no shame. I, I don't. I don't judge myself for being wrong. It's just like, OK, you know what? This is a science experiment. I was a little bit off. Next time, we'll titrate it down a little bit. And this is the learning process. That learning feedback loop, yeah. I think, is one of the ways that I would um, describe intuitive eating of taking off the training wheels. I don't need to um, track that judiciously.
0: Yeah.
3: So, yeah, what, um, what else?
1: Uh, what other uh, thoughts, comments?
0: Uh, No, no, I, I like what you just said. um, Because that's that's kind of what I want to get to is like, uh, I forget what the term for it is, but just sort of like, like looking and seeing how things feel like when you like, yeah, is this baked potato going to fill me up? And then you sort of like, you do that, like introspection afterwards, like, hmm, yeah, it, it filled me up, or no, I probably should have eaten more, or I probably should have eaten something different, like, I, I want to get into that. I kind of like that. Yeah. And what I've been trying to do recently, too, is like after I eat something, like just check back in and see how you feel about it. Like that that's part of intuitive eating. Like, OK, you're craving an Oreo. You're craving a Pop-Tart. OK, eat it and then see how you feel. Like, did that actually satisfy you? Were you actually satisfied or were you just maybe you just wanted that or ate that because you're bored?
1: Yeah, you know? right.
0: So okay. I think that yeah. that's a good practice and that's something that
1: I want to do. Awesome. And again, one of the key things is um, identifying any negative negative emotions and self-hate as it's coming up. And your partner sounds very on okay. board with this. Uh, I take you have a good relationship with her where you can talk to her about like what's going on. Yes. So I, I would recommend like filling her in on this like, hey, by the way, I have like thought loops of like these data self say self-feelings generated from like this this portal native uh, uh, self-talk thought, self and it's it's starting again you know like okay. well, just, she might
0: be watching so okay
1: <laughs> so it, that could be a very helpful thing to just shine light on it because that's one of the ways like we stare it like we stare that portal down is to uh talk it out with somebody that like just notice that it's happening hey it's starting to happen again and that yeah. like you just sit with it like it, it doesn't have to be a um a like again a judgment because then it's easy like oh i'm so stupid like i'm judging myself again for having these stupid self-thought loops man what an idiot you got to watch that too because that might start popping up too like how stupid am i to have these stupid thoughts so and again it's just it's a game of noticing it's a game of noticing that it's not the real you right your identity is not these thought loops it's just you have portals you got to squash eventually and these portals are popping up and a new one pops up he's got oh there's another one that's the that's the weapon you got to just know Oh, there's another portal popping up and just sit with it and stare at it.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, but that's like a huge undertaking to, oh, yeah. to think about. Yeah, how to. Get rid of the negative self-talk like. Yeah, that doesn't really happen as fast as losing weight does sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. It's going to take time. Uh, and this is where also coaching and therapy can be good. Oh, wow. Hashtag plug. Healthy Gamer GG. Nice. Uh, they have coaching for this type of thing. Uh, if you enjoyed this discussion, it's kind of similar uh, similar format where the coaches try to help you explore your feelings and help you get unstuck. And I think that is um, like, you know, check it out. It might be a good fit. Uh, that and also yeah, therapy. It- open There you okay. go. Awesome. <laughs> so, um uh Zelda, what else uh any other do you have any other questions or thoughts?
3: No. I guess
0: No you got any questions for me? Chat have any questions?
1: <laughs> yeah, any any questions um in in chat and uh, was anything anything particularly helpful or anything stand out to you for takeaways?
0: Um, yeah, I, I mean, like we kind of pointed out that I like rules to follow. And, you know, part of me was coming here to think, all right, we're going to come up with the plan. We're going to have the set of rules. But I think that what I've learned is, you know, hey, we just got to tackle the negative emotions we got to tackle, like you said, the portal that is just spewing out a lot of this stuff that keeps redirecting you away from being whole, I guess, right? Um, and that is a bit more intangible than just eat this, lift that. It's more like, hey, don't be sad no more. And then <laughs> yeah, it's not really... <laughs> an easy thing to do
1: yeah you know it's funny uh, a lot of the bros are like bro just eat less and move more uh, yeah I-, I would I would wager a guess that a lot of them are on autopilot intuitive eating and they probably aren't weighed down with a lot of negative emotions don't get me wrong I'm sure some of them are fueling themselves with negative self-hate too but some of them um, I have met and they I don't think they're fueled by or they're not weighed down with that and so they forget how Easy life can be when you're not weighed down constantly and you're not wearing like a 50-pound vest everywhere you go. So um that's I think something that that's something that gets missed a lot for the mental health aspect when it comes to uh yeah to fitness and carrying these out. Cause I could I you've you've been at my channel uh, on Twitch so much that you know, you know, okay, to lose weight, reduce calories, increase activity. We talked about all these basic strategies, tips, and tools, but that's not what you need right now. What you need right now is we gotta we gotta unburden you. So that you're free to tackle these problems and not not be as uh, debuffed, if you will. So, yeah. um, anyway, I don't think there's any questions in chat. There's A lot of admiration, a lot of hearts. So, um, I think this is uh, pretty much it. Uh, Zelda, thank you for coming on. Is there anything we can plug? Any anywhere people can find you for anything? If you you don't have to, you don't have, you just you don't have to plug anything if you don't want to.
0: Um. I was gonna plug one thing. Uh, me and my partner are playing through Resident Evil 8 right now. So if anybody wants to check that out, we will probably going again tonight. what is tonight. it?
1: Give it to me. Zelda to Chic, it's- Is that it?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's on her channel. So Sci Fi Chick 16.
1: Okay, Sci Fi Chick 16, doing a shout out. Go check them out. Um, do Resident Evil Twitch.tv/Sci Fi Chick 16 if you want to see if can they they can find you there. I'm assuming, right? okay sounds good so all right that's pretty much it so zelda thank you so much for coming on a lot of fun
0: thank you thanks for having me
1: if this podcast earned it please consider leaving a review on itunes we're new to the podcast space and we will be reading all the feedback also if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv TominationTime and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.